0: Our main show is about to start, so pop those headphones in and let Sophia Style Radio to keep you coming. Original female artists, only on Sophia Style Radio. Enjoy non-stop music from original female artists only on Sophia Style Radio. Find out more on all the W's Sophia Uk. Search under our playlists and artists. Welcome to Sophia Style Radio, our Friday lunchtime show. I'm Anya, and I will be your host. On today's show, it's all about parents and kids. It's all about busy mums and dads and how we can help. And this is kind of to go hand in hand with the half term that's approaching and it got us inspired. So this week we're dedicating our show to you parents. I have two incredible guests, Olivia Edwards, the positive parent coach, and she's helping mums raise positive people and embrace who they are guilt free. I also have Natalie Billing Reeves, who is a songwriter and author and an incredible storyteller. So I can't wait for those two interviews to share with you. And of course, we're going to have our fashion advice from. Loved by Lisa and the next chapter from Coventry to Hollywood by Marie Rowe. And we will have that fix of positive rhymes from Kelly the poet as well. And of course, not forgetting the amazing music from our female music artist. So I invite you to join me for the next hour to join me and my guests for this super special parents edition of our lunchtime show. And if you would like to get in touch, please search us out on Facebook page, Sophia Style Radio and Podcast. And if you would like to catch up with any past episodes, they are on our podcast on Spotify. But for now, join the show and I hope you have a nice time with us. Welcome. Enjoy non stop music from original female artists only on Sophia Style Radio. Find out more on all the W's, Sophia and I.co.uk, search under our playlists and
1: artists.
2: Got my heart shooting stars. My head making troubles in the clouds.
3: Something about who you are that made me want to take you home. Feeling
2: alive, I'm feeling the groove. Screw- on
3: this dance floor. Bed through my secret doors. Come see my secret bed through my secret doors.
1: Boy, everything you want.
3: is where it happened downtown you give me a look
0: with positive and inspirational rhymes
4: Focusing on what you desire helps you fight like fire on fire Taking that step when you're most afraid Pennies are lost but fortunes are made Follow that dream never give in The harder you work the more you'll win let me fly free, free from it all, I can hear the clouds, it's my name they call, I need to escape, feel the air beneath my wings, the wind is calling, my name she sings. To be the person you want to be, let go of the person you currently see, see the person you want to be, forget the past, let yourself free. For more poetry, please visit www
0: hellytheparrot.com Let your day sparkle with positive and inspirational rhymes
2: Listen to the words that your body is speaking Listen to the words of your heart's desire Listen to the words that your body is speaking. Listen to the words of your heart's desire. Heed to the voice and open up your mind. Flow to the movement, dance in line. Listen to the words. Listen to the words. Listen to the words. Listen to the words that your body is speaking
0: Welcome back, and I would love for you to welcome our first guest, Olivia Edwards, the positive parent coach, and she is helping mums take their power back. She's a founder of Raising Positive People, and she's on the mission to help mums around the world to build positive connections with themselves
1: and their children. Olivia, welcome to the show. today's show I would absolutely love to welcome Olivia Edwards and you
0: are our very own positive parent coach and I love you saying that you help mums take their power back. So tell our listeners a little bit more about you and all of the work that you do as well Olivia please.
3: Yes
5: so um, thank you very much for having me. So my name is Olivia Edwards and um, yeah the positive parent coach so it all kind of started because I um, had a baby, I had a little girl, and my background's always been in psychology and, and child development and education. So naively thought, oh, you know, this will be all right. I know what I'm doing, as <laughs> you do. Yeah, it was a bit of a shock to the system. I mean, she, she was actually a really brilliant baby too. So I really feel for parents who, who are really struggling. But it was a massive shock for me, and I had to do quite a lot of work on my mindset. And I think it was just knowing that you now suddenly got this person that's dependent on you and you feel like you've had to almost grieve for your old life. You've had to, you kind of leave your old life behind. And then you feel a bit lost, you know, I'm still the person I was before, but I'm not because I'm now a moment. and, now what do I do and then you're sleep deprived and you're everything else into the mix hormonal it was a time where I had to do a lot of work around me and personal development and looking back I'm so glad that happened because it's completely changed me as a person and, and who I am for for my children I now have a, a son as well so he's one, my daughter's three, and we're also having another baby in June. Um, So you can tell it didn't put me off. (laughs) So um, yeah, just fully embracing mum life. And it just kind of made me think through my journey, you know, there must be ways of doing this where you don't lose yourself, but you're still raising really confident, resilient, independent children. And so I did lots of research and, and went back to my psychology background, particularly positive psychology. So that's where the positive element comes from because that's an area of psychology that's really strengths-based. I just felt like it was very much aligned to where I wanted to be in my life and how I wanted to have an impact on, on my children. Um, because the other thing I found was so much of it was great in theory from positive parenting and gentle parenting and conscious parenting some of the things in theory just didn't work in practice and then we all know if someone's told you this is going to work and it doesn't it makes you feel even worse because then you think well it's not worked for me so there's something wrong with me um and I just didn't want other mums to feel like that. So I came up with my own approach based on all the research and all of my trial and error with my own children and you know my own mindset and put that into practice with the the parents and the families I work with. and it's it's gone from strength to strength and the results have been amazing. So that's what's got me to being the positive parent coach. and um, I just absolutely love it and I embrace every day and and try and get through it knowing that you know we've done our best and that that's enough.
0: Yeah, that's exactly is doing your best. I mean, you can only try your hardest, can't you? You've mentioned there that so many women, new mums, we kind of go through this, time of perhaps sometimes we're getting the advantage taken off or we play down our strengths or we accept what is given to us why do you think that is and also I kind of want to link that to self-care as well and how that is important and why it is important so let's talk a little bit about about that
5: yeah so I think there's several things kind of going on I think we kind of found ourselves in this culture of, you know, being successful means you're working really hard and you're busy all the time and you're exhausted and you're hustling and associated with all of these these words and situations that actually can have quite negative connotations. And, you know, sometimes you can be in a conversation with, say, a group of friends and you say, oh, you know, I'm so tired. I only got, you know, four hours sleep last night. And then the next minute, well, I only got three hours sleep. <laughs> uh-huh. And it's like, you have to sort of make out that you're in the worst situation and and we kind of do it without realizing and then what happens is it feeds into our mindset we have this overriding need to be right if our mindset's quite negative and we're telling ourselves you know we're in a terrible place and we don't deserve this and you know you've got all those barriers and limiting beliefs rather than our brain being really powerful and saying hold on a minute you know it doesn't have to be this way because we want to be right we look for everything possible in our lives in that day any experience where we can justify our thoughts and our negativity and so we almost end up with this self-sabotage what I do around self-care with women in particular is try and help them to see that it's not selfish and that why would you not want to be the best you can be because then you can go on to be the best you can for your children and the difference when we become a parent is we suddenly feel like our child always has to come first and of course you know we, we want to meet all their needs we want to keep them safe and Help them to thrive, but if we're not looking after ourselves and keeping our cup full and our energy high, we we physically cannot give any more to our child. And you know you'll get to a point where you're exhausted, you're burnt out, you're overwhelmed, mm. um, and then your emotions kick in and you're snapping and nagging, and <laughs> no one wants to be around that. And then you feel guilty, and so you've got all the mum guilt that piles on. And actually, if we just took a step back and thought, okay, hold on a minute, my energy is depleted, I have had a rough night it's temporary, it's not going to be forever, but right now I need to do something about it. And we put those steps in place just to boost ourselves. We would feel so much better. And there's also this perception that to engage in self-care either means there's something wrong with you, or that, you know, you need repairing, which isn't true. You know, you don't put your phone on charge every night and say it's because it's broken. It just needs recharging. And actually it could just be five minutes a day by yourself, practising breathing or you know listening to your favorite song and having a boo you around the kitchen just doing something for you that you know is going to make you feel better and we're so out of touch with that that when you speak to people about that they don't even know what the answer is just taking a walk in in fresh air does wonders for how you feel so it's really small things but just changing our
0: mindset around how we view them so true. What you, I hear you say all this, and it, it all makes absolute sense, but I think we just get so muddled up in all the things that we do day to day that just sort of escapes our minds. But talk to me a little bit more about positive, calm, and present parenting. What does that look like to you? And explain to us a little bit what, what's all that about.
5: So um, that's how I refer to my course so I do um courses on on parenting and I say you know the best way for me to describe the course is that at the end of it you will feel like a positive calm and present parent and I think the positive side is you don't feel like you're just struggling like we we all know we've had those days where we've literally crawled to the end of the day in full-on survival mode (laughs) it doesn't feel nice it's not enjoyable why did we have these children (laughs) you know you're just questioning everything so I think the positive side of it is to know that you know it doesn't have to be all rainbows and sunshines all the time but if we could just try and find the small positives in each day it makes a huge difference Um, and part of that is knowing we have little tools up our sleeve or you know we have some sort of plan so when our child suddenly has a massive meltdown in the shop or you know something hasn't gone as planned you've planned all this stuff and your child wakes up after a 10 minute nap that should have been a two hour nap (laughs) that you don't kind of fall apart and and you feel prepared because, again, that's just going to help your mindset and it will, it will help you to have a, a better day. And um, the calmness is, again, so you feel like you're not nagging, you're not leading by your emotion, that you're able to take that step back. And a lot of that will come from self care. So, making sure that you know you are having that time for you is going to enable you to just feel calmer because you're going to feel more rested, your energy levels are going to be higher. So, when you are having to give more energy to your child you know perhaps they're in a developmental leap or they're teething or they're going through a transitional you know so you know they need a bit more from you you're able to give it Um, and the present side is being really present with your child because a lot of that especially these days is quite lost and you know we're so good at convincing ourselves oh we'll just multitask we'll just multitask but actually nothing is kind of getting done well the kids are sort of half engaged in a conversation with you whilst you're answering calls and emails and dip loading the dishwasher and cooking dinner and whatever else is going on so actually the present part is just okay let's take a step back let's just spend 15 minutes a day doing something really targeted one-to-one no distractions um, and actually the, the research has shown that literally 15 minutes a day of that one-to-one time makes a massive difference in terms of your connection with your child how they feel about themselves and their self-esteem and how they're um, sense of belonging is around the family how they want to then contribute to the family it really ties into everything and then the other side of being present is about you as a parent
0: being really honest with yourself and let's focus for a moment on you've mentioned it there the importance of understanding your emotions how does that help us as parents and in turn how can that educate and what that teaches our kids as well so let's focus on that for a moment
5: yeah so self-regulation when I, when I talk about that what I mean is you know our ability to recognize how we're feeling and how other people might be feeling as well which is something that you know you have to develop as a child and a lot of children struggle with this it's tied into empathy and we have to help them to develop that as a skill and even as adults you know we can struggle with with self-regulation so I think it's really important to aware of that and then if we're focusing on our self-regulation as adults then hopefully it should with practice make it easy when you're approaching situations to try and not lead with emotions. So for example if you've got siblings you've got a couple of children they're they're fighting there's a bit of a conflict say one of them hits the other one or, or something happens where you need to respond and intervene. So we need to take a step back and think hold on a minute I'm I'm parenting and I'm supporting and I'm teaching my children. Yes obviously make sure the child is okay and that they're safe and everything, but you could respond by going, no, don't hit your brother. That's so bad you're gonna hurt him. Um, And yelling, which is probably how emotionally, you know, we want to respond because that's just how we feel and we're driven by emotions. But actually, if we're helping ourselves to self-regulate, we can acknowledge that emotion and take a deep breath and then think, okay, that's probably not helpful. (laughs) That might help us to feel better because we're getting our emotion out, but it's probably not helping the situation. Um, so then you can respond more calmly your child will obviously see how you respond so if you're a parent that's being very emotionally driven in your response you can't then expect your children to not be shouting and yelling and throwing things because that's probably what they've seen so actually if you can role model to them staying calm and being honest with them they are then going to um, pick up on that
0: let's all have a short break a little bit of music but we'll be back for the second part of our interview with Olivia Edwards. Original female artists, only on Sophia Style Radio.
6: I don't know what to do today help me feel like dancing been building up my hopes but hey I know that I will be good
1: when all of this is over
6: Sure. Will you help me share my feelings Cause I'm wanting more, i I'm
0: mentioned to us before the, our chat before you mentioned the six C's so one of them is the connection so talk to me about the others and a little bit about each as well so tell me about six C's yeah
5: so um this is the approach that I use that I came up with, with these key words that I felt really described the positive parenting that I wanted to um support people with and they all quite handily begin with a C so I was like this this is great for remembering um so the first one is consciousness. Which links to you know what I was talking about before about being present, and I do feel like that has to be the first one because we just need to be more conscious as parents and reflecting on ourselves and honest with ourselves because we're just going to fall into the same behaviour patterns if we're not addressing that. So the first thing I always do with parents, whether that's um, in a one-to-one or part of my parenting course, is just getting them to be more conscious, take that step back, not lead by emotion. Um, And just be really aware of of what's going on. And the second C is connection, being really connected to your child. So not just, you know, physically, but so that you feel like you've got a really strong bond. If you are coming from a place of disconnect with your child, they are not going to listen to anything you're saying. They are probably going to be quite defensive. They are potentially going to rebel against what you're saying because they just don't feel connected to you they don't feel part of the family they don't feel that sense of belonging and um whereas if we are a lot more connected we're just a lot more in tune our energies are going to match you can help them to regulate because you're coming out from a place of connection they feel really understood um so you can offer connection through things like hugging or just having some sort of physical support so hand holding or you know if your child is really really upset or they're having a tantrum just being next to them and having really open body language so You don't even have to say anything because if they're in the throes of a tantrum, nothing is going in anyway. Mm -hmm. But if they look at you, they know if they need you, you're there. So that is a really, really big thing. And I just always say to parents, you know, if if nothing else, just choose connection. If you can only commit to one thing, please just choose connection. Um, The third one is all around communication. So so obviously making sure it's appropriate that they actually understand what you're saying. You know, it's relevant to their age and, and their stage of development there's eye contact, you know, there's no point if your kid's watching TV, you kind of standing in the doorway, turn it off, turn it off, asked you to turn it off because they're not listening to you. <laughs> got no idea what you're saying. You're getting more and more frustrated. And before you know that, you're in a power struggle, <laughs> everyone's screaming. <laughs> Whereas if you can get in front of them, give them eye contact, stay calm, um, you know, maybe even pause the TV so they're listening to you. So just being really aware of how you're communicating. But then also if there's more than one person involved in, supporting your child you know in in the parenting journey then making sure you're communicating to you have to be a team making sure you're really really on board and and having the confidence to say to you know perhaps grandparents or nursery settings this is how we want to parent this is how we're choosing to parent this is the language we want to use so i talk quite a lot about that and then i also talk about compassion so not only having compassion for your child which obviously is so important and you know remembering that they're never doing anything on purpose to annoy you um, you know it's not malicious they're not being really manipulative they've either learnt the behavior and they've just learned this is what gets me the result that I want or they're just thinking with their emotion they're in survival mode so trying to not think you know my toddler just wants to ruin my life make my day hell um, and making yourself then feel awful um, but having that compassion with your child because they might be hungry or tired or teething or you know sleep deprived because they're having nightmares or, you know, whatever it is, you know, going for a developmental leap. So anything like that, having that compassion, but also stemming that out to yourself. So being really, really compassionate with yourself and knowing that all of the above apply to you too. So you might be tired, hungry, hormonal, you know, compassion with yourself. And that obviously links really heavily into self-care and making sure that you're keeping yourself topped up and that everyone around you has an awareness that you need that as well. Um, The fifth one is consequences. So um, lots of people kind of have this view that positive parenting is a bit wishy-washy and just saying yes to kids to keep them sweet. <laughs> Which, you know, I'd love it if that worked. Um, but it's not, not about that at all. It's more about having that um, firm but fairness. So you might use consequences as um, a form of, of teaching, of, of discipline. And what I mean by discipline is, is literally teaching. It's very different to punishment. Um, and so when I'm talking about consequences, I make it really clear with parents that um, any consequence that involves pain, shame or blame is not acceptable. It's going to be really damaging, actually, to your child and can create a lot of trauma. And actually, that isn't learning. That's a child acting out of fear. Really, if you're going to use a consequence, it ideally would be a natural consequence, although it's, it's logical and we, we go through you know, if you're setting a consequence, it has to be relevant, it has to be appropriate, um, it has to be fair. So the last one is consistency. Everyone knows if you want to be doing anything, it's got to be consistent. Again, especially with children, because you can just give in that one time, and then guess what, the next night. (laughs) Yeah, so it's just standing firm on that and, and being consistent. And you know, that links into the communication and making sure everyone is being consistent in their approach. Because there'll be different situations for different families so it has to be relevant to you I found if you can commit to those six C's that's when you'll see huge differences and it happens
0: quite quickly you know again with consistency thank you so much for sharing the knowledge and all the information with our listeners it's so so helpful but like I said I mean we can we can sort of expand on so many levels I'm sure so you might have to come back again (laughs) (laughs) let's hope that we will help some mums take that power back I hope is so, so important. Let's tell everyone where they can connect with you, where they can find more information. So tell us all the contact info for, for, for yourself.
5: Yep, definitely. So I'm on social media. So you can find me on Facebook, um, the Positive Parent Coach. I'm on there. I'm also on Instagram as Olivia Edwards Coach. You can, you're very welcome to email me. So OliviaEdwardsCoach at gmail.com if you've got any questions um, or queries. I do also have a private um group like a community on facebook for mums so there's tons of information there we have a guest speaker every wednesday ranging from you know potty training to doing your weekly shop to being financially savvy to finding self-care so loads of things Um, so you can find that as well on facebook Um, it's just forward
0: slash take back your power amazing amazing thank you so much for being my guest today i've enjoyed this i'm sure listeners have as well and as i said if we need to we'll we'll have you back again so thank you for coming
5: you're very welcome thank you very much for having me and and good luck everyone you're all doing amazing and you know we i always say to people i never want people to feel guilty or judged you know you can only do the best with what you know and that's it you know if, if you want to know more you can find out and do what works for you
0: olivia thank you so much for that incredible advice I'm sure it's going to help so many of our listeners. So thank you for sharing your knowledge with all of us. Still to come on today's show, we're going to have our fashion segment, next chapter from Coventry to Hollywood, and our second guest of course, Natalie Reeves Billing, and we're going to hear all about her new book. Stop. Original female artists, only on Sophia Style Radio. Enjoy non-stop music from original female artists, only on Sophia Style Radio. Find out more on all the W's, Sophia and I, Dot UK search under
7: our playlists and artists.
0: Let us arm you with confidence to look and feel great in your clothes.
4: Hello and welcome to today's style segment. I'm Lisa and I thought it would be fun to have a think about how you decide on a new style. With spring literally just around the corner... And with better days closer than they've ever been in recent times, perhaps it would be a great idea to shake off those lockdown leggings and banish those baggy bottoms and just give yourself a little bit of a style refresh. We still need our wardrobe to be practical and comfortable, but with the possibility of being able to go out once more on the cards Wouldn't it be lovely to give ourselves an instant boost of confidence and give our wardrobe a little bit of a shake up and refresh? So if you've had the same style for maybe four or five years, or perhaps you're just a little bit tired of the lockdown chic look, maybe it is time to shake things up a little. Changing up your style can be a really important way to keeping your look Either in tune with where you are in life, and it actually prevents you from looking maybe older than you actually are. Now, fortunately, renovating your style isn't as intimidating or complicated as you may think. In fact, taken step by step, finding a new look that's really going to work for you, that's going to make you feel great, can actually be quite fun. So, that's what we're going to delve into today. I'm going to take you through a few steps on how to decide on a new style that works for you step one have a look at your current style needs so before making a style change you need to have a think first of all what works and what doesn't work for you about your current style or wardrobe so in particular consider why you have the current style that you have for example Is your style primarily jeans and T-shirts because you don't like having to spend a lot of time thinking about outfits and what to put together? And if so, your new style you choose needs to be as simple and easy enough for you to work with. Trying to impose a new style on yourself that does not mesh well with you and your habits and your lifestyle and your attitude will often fail. So think carefully about what you need as well as what you want out of a style before making that commitment and change. Step two, choose your style goal. So once you know your style needs, start thinking about the kind of style that's going to meet both those needs and represent the new kind of appearance that you want to adopt. Something that's going to help you step into that energy that you want to show up as every day when you get ready in the morning. So to give yourself a new style goal and a clear direction, try and be as specific and descriptive and creative as you can when envisioning the aesthetics that you want. Do you want to go for like a laid back hipster look? Do you want to go for more of a rock chick kind of look? Are you even looking at coloured retro or maybe even modern punk? The choice is yours. By choosing a fashion muse, can actually be really inspiring and a really helpful tool in shaping your new style. Look for people, celebrities, or otherwise, it could be people that you know that are within your life already, whose style inspires you and embodies how you'd like your new look to be. Write down how they style certain pieces that you like. For example, does this particular inspirational muse wear a really feminine skirt with perhaps a leather jacket? Or do they always have a more tailored blazer with jeans and trainers, for example? Don't just think about the actual aesthetics of the style, but what does it say about that person? What attributes do you see in that person by the clothes that they're choosing to wear? Is it a certain element of confidence Is it some professionalism? Is it creativity? Is it excitement? Is it joy? Have a little think about the feelings and the energy that you get from looking at the style of a certain person. And then by being inspired by those choices, you can create that same energy for you too. Step three, think about practical considerations. In addition to thinking about how you want to look, think about how you need to look. So, some questions to ask yourself. Are you needing your wardrobe to work for work? And what sort of work are you doing? So, are you having to go into an office environment? Are you still going to be working from home? Do you need to be quite active during your work? All of these things, it's worth considering. Are there any particular practical constraints on what you can permissibly wear? So, is there some kind of work uniform? Or guidelines that you need to adhere to. What's your social environment? So how will your style best complement your lifestyle? These things need to be in harmony with each other. Where do you live? Do you want to fit in with or stand apart from your surroundings and to what degree? And to what degree? Does one form of weather dominate and so therefore will your style be workable in that weather? What's your budget? Make sure your new style goal is realistic. Otherwise, you may find yourself feeling frustrated and unable to achieve what you had in mind. How much time do you want to spend getting ready in the morning? So if you're a low maintenance person by nature, choosing an elaborate style may not fit well with the kind of routine that you're comfortable with. You don't want to go from a 10 minute routine to a half an hour routine, for example. It needs to fit in and be truly aligned to the person that you are. And don't be afraid to have an aspirational style. So in other words, don't be afraid to start dressing like the person that you want to be, the energy that you want to step into, the attributes that you want to display. But also be realistic and choose a style that's compatible with your personality. Step four, clear out your wardrobe and makeup if applicable. So once you have your new style goal lined up, you need to then clear out the old one. Go through every item of clothing and donate the pieces that no longer fit the new model and style that you've chosen that no longer fit or are simply unflattering. You may want to recruit a trusted friend to help you make judgment calls or a style professional can come in really handy here just to give you that unemotional, unbiased opinion about whether this is the garment that you should keep or that you should bin. And by bin, I mean recycle, give away to a charity or even sell. There's still lots of value in the clothes that we have in our wardrobe that we no longer need or want. And if you wear makeup, similarly, go through your supplies and eliminate any that are dated or just won't enhance the style that you're going for. There's something really liberating about creating space, not just physically, but it also frees up space in our minds. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode and if you're looking for some spring, summer style inspiration or you would like to feel more confident in the clothes that you choose to wear, then we would love to have you in the Love by Lisa Facebook group. Most of all, with any style changes that you make, it's so important to have fun with it. So enjoy the journey. Bye for now.
0: us arm you with confidence to look and feel great in your clothes thank you Lisa so much I don't know about you but I am certainly ready for that style revamp we still have so much to come we have this interview with Natalie to find out all about her latest book which is my brother is a monster and my sister is a monster. So, so excited! So, go and top up those cups of teas and hurry back to join us for the interview with Natalie and the next chapter from Marie Rowe from Coventry to Hollywood. See you in a mo. <laughs> Enjoy non-stop music from original female artists only on Sophia Style Radio. Find out more on all the W's, sophiaandi.co.uk, search under our playlists and
1: artists.
7: One too many times before, that's when she said I'm not crying anymore, right my much as she thought She was beating down, down, down That it's so fast Cause nice girls finish last Good, bad, pretty sad Nice girls finish last Good, bad, pretty sad Nice girls finish last take this as a warning not to look back You won't be there in the morning and what's wrong with that my much as she thought she was beaten down 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 that ended so fast because nice girls finish last good bad pretty sad nice girls finish last good bad pretty sad Nice
8: girls
1: finish yeah. hey, cool.
8: last <laughs> She said one more time is enough for me And hopefully I keep the pleasure of her company But one too many times i have unscrew the pooch And now you got the feeling that we're overdue I'm not over you, but you're over this I can't help with the feeling that your mom was pissed Now what past is gone and I finished last Cause a nice girl went ahead and slipped my
9: grasp
7: Quit pretending like you're knowing Where well, this is gonna end Back and forth, where are we going? Well now we're just friends That is much that she thought She was beating down, down, down That ended so fast Cause nice girls finish last Good, bad, pretty sad Nice girls finish last Good, bad, pretty sad Girls finish last, good, bad, pretty, sad. Nice girls finish last, good, bad, pretty, sad. Because nice girls finish
0: last. Welcome back, dear listeners, and I would love to welcome our second guest, Natalie Reeves Billing. She is a songwriter and author and a storyteller. And she will be telling us all about her new children's book, My Brother is a Monster and My Sister is a Monster. I already can't wait. I'm so excited. So please welcome Natalie to the show on our show today dear listeners we have so natalie i would love to uh tell our listeners a little bit more about you and what you do so do share your story and tell us a little bit about yourself
10: okay so uh my name is natalie reeves billing and i'm a children's author and a social business owner so my business focuses on mental health in early years and in primary children And how we can help that by creativity and uh, writing and reading. So I'm very passionate about that. And I write books about that as well. Since I last was on the show, lots of things have happened for me. I've released four or five more books since then. Um, They're all on the subject of perspective and viewpoint. And looking at other uh, narratives other than your own. So they're all about balance and family life. And how to find
0: happiness in strange times. And you kind of try and a lot of the time to also bring stories to life because you do a lot of videos and you do sort of little acting and little movements in there for the children to actually hear the story through other ways rather than just reading, don't you?
10: Yeah, I mean, one of the big things that I've I read a lot of reports about this and one of the target areas of concern literacy is young boys and how we get young boys engaged, especially in this tech age. Um, they kind of get lost online so what can we offer in terms of books and you know real world tangibles that are as exciting as those things that they can escape into in the digital world I created a book that flips so it, it does all sorts of interactive things you can search for things in the pa- in the pages as well as reading the, the words it's in rhyming prose but more importantly there are lots of resources where you can bring the story to life in so many ways you can make a monster mask you can go and find out what type of monster you are and you can play all sorts of storyboard games with the monsters and dress them and build them and make sets and props with them and do puppetry with them so for me it's about finding ways to get children excited in your core, in the core content and however it is they get to that doesn't really matter because once they are invested in it and they and they are excited about it you're much more likely to get them to enjoy the the process of of reading and for them to
0: attach to it for life. Definitely definitely and it's so it sounds so imaginative and so creative so I'm curious in this time of stillness at the moment how do you get those creative juices flowing is there something that you do to kind of get you more creative and imaginative? First of all
10: uh, I have to create a space for myself that was almost make-believe um so down i built a writing den that looked very much like i could escape into a fairy glen so my office i know that you can't see it but my office is almost like a bamboo shack in a make-believe forest there are lots of 3d elements where it looks like i can walk over rope bridges across uh, flowing rivers and all sorts of things so being in the right space surrounded by things that I really am connected with like gifts from close friends and family, all the things that mean stuff to me. And uh, my messages from the kids are right in front of me on my notice board. I created with the children an alphabet of positivity. So now we know words for every letter of the alphabet. So we start each day, we go, I am amazing. I am beautiful. I am creative. I am daring. And we go through that way. And I'm pleased to say that we've even got words for X, Y, and Z, so (laughs) you can be brilliant in every letter of the alphabet. (laughs) I'm curious, what words have you found for X, Y, and Z? We've got zany, which I like, yeah, Yeah. and uh, we are
0: excellent. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, with an X and the front. I love it, I love it. And of course, youthful. (laughs) Youthful, we all like a bit of that, yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love that. I like. It sounds, uh, dear listeners. You can't see the space, but the space looks so happy and so just, just an enjoyable place to be. So, Natalie, tell me, is there a like a little thing that you do every day, maybe that's just to keep yourself happy? Is it just something that kind of lights you up. Well, yes. Um, I'm a bit of a strange
10: person, really. I like things. I like fun and silliness. Uh, silliness is a big thing for me. I like to just have things that have no purpose other than to just make you really, really laugh and they're really quite random. Yeah, one of the traditions that I've kept in our family, uh, which was passed on from my very zany mum, is um, rhyming days and sing-along days, musical days. So her ethos on this is, if you're singing in rhyme, or if you're, if you're having a musical day, it's very hard to argue in rhyme. It's also very hard to argue when you're singing it. Uh, you just can't seem to get the anger out. So we have uh, rhyming days where everything we say has to be in prose, um, which has helped the children with their poetry so much. They can always think of a, of a rhyme for every occasion. And of course, um, singing orders is something that's gone down a treat because the children are getting told that they need to do things, but it doesn't come across that way
0: to them (laughs) i feel like we have to carry on the rest of the interview singing only my voice is is not good as yours so i'm not (laughs) sure it's going to be pleasing on our listeners ears but what sort of things do you do with your children to kind of make this time pass more enjoyable and what is it that you enjoy doing together
10: Well, one of the things that we've really started to enjoy is uh, we have story times at the end of the day where we get together and they're very interested in my childhood and remembering me as a child. So I've put an image of of me as their age in their mind so that they can see me as mum, but they can also see the child that I was as well. So I've been very honest about the type of child that I was and the mistakes that I made then and things where I got into trouble and what I think about them now. And they're so fascinated in that, of, of being let into that part of my life. And I think for some kids, they think you were born out of an egg and you just hatched as this adult. They don't realize that you went through the same things. And I think that that sort of thing makes you more relatable to them. They start to see you as somebody that can play with them and can relate to the things that they're going through in their lives. So their favorite topic at the moment is, oh, mom, tell me a humiliating story. They love the ones where I was in my heels thinking I look great walking along the street. My heel gets stuck in a drain and uh, the cars are all going by. The boys are laughing. You know, they love those ones. It's like you can imagine in their little school classrooms, they would just, you know, be so terribly embarrassed <laughs> by stuff like that that worthy stuff so you can see them like sort of cringe their shoulders their head disappears into their sort of neck thinking about like, embarrassment of it all so yeah I mean taking them to that place of happiness in my childhood has been a real great way to connect with them
0: I bet I bet your story time sounds far more fun than mine when I just simply read a book <laughs> it sounds <laughs> so much too. more fun <laughs> you no, know. amazing, amazing. well Natalie? Tell me also what have you got coming up? What wonderful things that you are thinking of? Okay, so I have
10: my next book launch, which is the third book in my Monstrous Me collection. Also, um, I have a project with uh, School for the Blind and Visually Impaired, which is about how we see our city and how we can explore that through our statues and buildings and be creative around those things. So, understanding your locality and and why it was built and who built it and what we think about that. And the other thing I'm really excited about is something called the Boat of Hope project with a guy called Bernie Hollywood OBE. He is a social entrepreneur. He's raising money for charities, raised millions for all sorts of different charities. And he's going to cross the Atlantic on a solo row for child mental health. And he's doing that for the Samaritans. It's sponsored by Pear and Pay. And I've been. I'm delighted to announce I've been asked to do the children's book to accompany it. That's been absolutely amazing because I've been able to create the sea as a sort of analogy for depression. As the ups and downs and, you know, the whirlpools and all sorts of adversity we face on the sea in order to get to the other side. A mixture of just feel good factor and creative juices flowing. It's just right down my street
0: it is Um, I'm fascinated how you see the world you know how you can interpret things in a different way fascinates me let's do we said you picked your favorite book and your favorite chapter out of the book so let's do some reading give you a perfect example of what your stories are like
10: okay so You can't see this, but my books actually flip. So they tell two sides of a story. First through a child's eyes and then through an adult's eyes. So you read the child's side of the story, then the book asks you to close it and flip it. And then you can see the very same scenarios, but this time from an adult's perspective, which I think is really cool. Uh, But my latest book is a little bit different because it's brother and sister arguing against each other. So we get both of their sides of the story and it's just really funny. It just kind of dispels anger uh, by making it, kind of funny so we can laugh at it rather than argue about it. Yeah, I call that Scouse grouse, by the way. Scousers have a little debate about things, but it's in a kind of funny sort of way. Um, So here is my favorite paragraph from the side of my book called My Brother is a Monster. And it goes like this. Now this is so relatable. This is right out of my household, this. So this is the sister's point of view. He won't play with me when his iPad's about, but I'm his best friend when his batteries run out. He won't follow rules and he ruins my games by giving my dollies such silly, rude names. So that's the first part of it. So I can't say how relatable that is for me because they play together so well until the iPad comes out. So that's that's my favorite part from there. Now I'm going to flip it the other way to my sister is a monster. So this time it's the brother's perspective. And this scene plays out at the school yard with friends. At playtime, my sister won't ever join in. She doesn't play games that she thinks she can't win. She blubbers when things are not going her way, then tells the head teacher, we won't let her play. (laughs) Oh, that is so good. There are different scenes, obviously, but um, what if you, you can actually flip the book and look at the same scene, but through the other child's eyes. If you want to read it that way, you can just bounce back and forth to compare and,
0: and, and contrast, which is quite fun. Thank you for sharing that. That was such a fun read. It was excellent. <laughs> I enjoyed <laughs> that. I'm sure the listeners did as well. Natalie, tell everyone where we can find you. Sure. Uh, my website is
10: nataliereevesbilling.com. Um, From there, you can get links to all of the merchandise, the free
0: downloadable resources, and the books, and also events coming up. And to finish this on a very happy note, not putting you on the spot, Natalie, but how about we'll do that thing that you did with your mum when you were small? Let's do a singing, not me, you. Let's do like a little singing. Give me an example of what sort of things you would sing on your singing days. (laughs) So,
10: There was nothing very, it it wasn't very artistic, I've got to say. It wasn't well thought (laughs) through, but it would be ridiculousness like, Natalie, you've left your socks out again. I'm not picking them up for you every day. But I didn't leave them out, Mum, it wasn't me. It must
0: have been the dog. (laughs) Amazing, so how can you have a negative day doing that? (laughs) I think we should all try and do that during the day at some point. Natalie, it's been an absolute joy to have you. Thank you for coming back and telling me all that you've been up to, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. What a fun and happy interview with Natalie. I feel like I have to sing us out to the short break, but don't worry. I will not be singing in your ears today. Instead, why don't we have one of our original female music artists. Enjoy.
3: When I look in your eyes They take me by surprise My temperature is rising faster than the speed of light i don't know what you've done to me i never thought so easily Streets near is rising faster than the speed
0: life stories from coventry to hollywood by
8: marie roe after we heard grumpy man walk away we opened the window and called dan maybe he could climb up to our room it didn't look too promising though because it had been snowing and the surfaces were slippery we called again dan but there was no answer We just had to hope that he'd managed to sleep in the train station. Both Pat and I needed to go to the bathroom to brush our teeth and to go to the toilet. How were we going to do that if the door was locked? Hmm. Even though there might be other people sleeping there, we, we didn't care. We just had to bang on the door so that our jailer would let us out. He did. And he waited until we'd done what we needed in the bathroom and locked us back in the room. It was ridiculous. We were prisoners in a guest house. The next morning, the door had been opened and we quickly got ready and made our way down the stairs. Miss Walter was standing at the bottom, looking up at us with a very grave expression on her face and shaking her finger at us. Oh dear, oh dear, what did you girls do? We explained as best we could, and instead of chiding us even more, she was very concerned for Dan's welfare. (gasps) Where did the poor boy sleep, she said. We checked all around the barnhof, but couldn't see him anywhere. Oh, the poor boy, the poor boy. Miss Walter was so worried about Dan and the fact that he would have been cold. Finally, we had to assume that he was now on his way to pastures new and we never saw him again. While we tucked into a hearty breakfast, Miss Walter asked us what our plans were. When we told her we intended to apply for work at the Army Hospital in Bad Konstadt, She was absolutely appalled. It's a terrible place, terrible, all those soldiers fighting, very dangerous. We couldn't imagine why she would say such a thing, especially because it was a hospital. Except we already knew Miss Walter to be a very religious person. She regularly quoted passages to us from the Bible. So we assumed she was a pacifist. Of course, we all know that religion and peace don't necessarily go hand in hand. As time went on and she and I became friends, I understood her fearful attitude towards the military. But that's a story for another time. Despite her resistance, she took us by tram to the hospital. She shuddered when she saw the soldier at the guard gate in army fatigues, carrying a rifle. "'I will wait here for you,' Miss Walter informed us. Knowing how distressed she seemed, we told her it wasn't necessary, but she was insistent. We showed our passports to the skinny, freckle-faced young soldier on the gate, who didn't seem capable of killing a fly.' and asked if he would direct us to the personnel office. New blood, he said. "Um, Yes, we might be giving blood, I answered. He gave me a puzzled look and Pat giggled. He didn't mean it that way, Marie. As we walked toward a two-story white brick building, we passed men and women in army uniforms white lab coats and civilian dress coming and going very busily. It really was a hive of activity and Pat and I were excited that we were hopefully going to be a part of this new scenario. Pat had her interview first while I sat on a chair outside the personnel office in a long corridor, nervously waiting. Then she emerged with a smile on her face, I'm in, said Pat. What do you do, ma'am? The rather robust personnel lady in a tight-fitting army uniform asked me. I'm a secretary, I replied. Great, they need a secretary in the lab to run the drug abuse programme. And that was pretty much it. I was in too. We told the waiting Miss Walter our happy news, which didn't please her at all. Unfortunately, we weren't able to start working at the 5th General for another few days because we needed to register with the German authorities and gain a work permit. Of course, this meant we didn't have accommodation. Not wanting to take advantage of Miss Walter's kindness any further... Pat suggested we visit the Canadian Consul in Stuttgart and maybe her parents could transfer money to her there. We explained this to Miss Walter and of course she insisted on taking us on the tram all the way to the Canadian Consul building. Before waving us goodbye and wishing us good luck, she handed me a piece of paper with her telephone number and address in case we needed help in the future. I think she was sure we wouldn't last at that terrible place. Pat explained our situation to the Honorary Consulate, a man in his early 40s with a warm smile, adding that she'd worked for a Canadian diplomat in Zurich and she gave him his name. She told him that we were applying for work permits but wouldn't be able to start at the hospital for a few days. We didn't have money for accommodation, the youth hostel was closed and so on. She asked if the consular would be able to contact her parents so that they could send money. No, I can't do that, he said. We both looked at him with our mouths wide open and Pat's big blue eyes got bigger and bigger. "'What?' she said. "'No, you can both come and stay with me and my family instead,' he declared. "'No need to worry your parents.' "'We couldn't believe he would do such a thing. "'But here we were again, being offered kindness from yet another stranger. "'I'm sorry to say that I've actually forgotten his name, "'but I certainly have never forgotten his kind gesture.' and the generosity of his wife, who was willing to take us in. Within a few days, we had our work permits and appeared at the 5th General Hospital with paperwork intact. We were first shown our accommodation, which was in the bachelor officer's quarters, the BOQ, a four-story building across from the hospital. The officers were on the first and second floors and the civilians on the third and fourth. Pat and I were on the fourth floor and each had our very own sparsely furnished room next to one another and with a shared bathroom. Luxury! (laughs) There was a communal kitchen where we later got to meet other civilians from as far away as Australia and New Zealand. As a nurse, Pat was assigned to one of the wards while I was taken to an office in the lab on the second floor, which I would share with Sergeant Friedlander. He was funny without knowing it and was the image of the TV character, Sergeant Bilko. My other office mate was a female captain, Cartwright, who was not too fond of men. She was very intimidating with a bulldog attitude and was Sergeant Friedlander's nemesis. I soon found out that the fifth general was a very untraditional American hospital and the lab was definitely a reflection of the relaxed attitude of the military workers who seemed to be merely passing time as they completed their tours of duty. If you've seen the series or film M.A.S.H. then you get the idea. Blood bank, pathology and urinalysis were some of the departments just a few doors down from my office and rock music played constantly. It was a really fun atmosphere. The first day on the job, a chubby GI in fatigues wearing John Lennon glasses arrived in the office carrying a large black plastic bag slung over his shoulder like a misplaced Santa Claus. Are you the drug lady ma'am? He looked at me with a hopeful expression. I think I nodded and then he dropped the bag on my, on my desk. As he did so small plastic bottles of various honey shades of urine rolled out. Time to get to work Sergeant Friedlander informed me and that was the start of a whole new chapter in my life. In the next episode, you'll hear more about my unusual job and my experiences of racism. Thanks for listening.
0: Incredible Life Stories from Coventry to Hollywood by Marie Rowe. Thank you all for joining me and my guests for the show. I hope you had a nice time with us. And we say it kind of a lot on our shows that... It's about looking after ourselves and self-care and that it's not selfish to pay attention to our emotions and our needs. So I encourage you this weekend to take 5-10 minutes just for yourself, doing something that you enjoy and something that gives you that happy feeling, puts a smile on your face. And um, perhaps that good energy will then spill out to other aspects of your life. I want to thank my guests, Olivia and Natalie, for being here and for sharing all the wonderful things that they do. Lisa, thank you for another very stylish edition of our fashion segment. Thank you for sharing your knowledge. Marie, your chapter is always a hit and I thank you for sharing your life story with me and with our listeners. And I want to thank you for giving our show your time, because without you, we will not have this show. So thank you. Have a wonderful weekend. Find out more about us on Facebook. Find Sophia Style Radio and Podcast. And all of our past episodes and other shows are on our podcast And you can find us on Spotify if you search for Sophia Style Radio. Don't forget that you can also play us on Alexa if you say enable Sophia Style Radio to activate the app and then say play Sophia Style Radio to have us playing anytime you like. I've been Anya. Thank you for joining me for the show. And I will be here again next Friday on Sophia Style Radio. Thank you for listening.